Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> Everybody, it's Ted DiBiase, the Million Dollar Man, and you're listening to the Wrestle Talk Podcast. And I'm the Night Owl. You're tuned in to Wrestle Talk. 657-383-1521. We'll be discussing WWE, NXT, Lucha Underground, ROH, Fantasy Wrestling, and we'll have some of the best damn interviews for professional and independent wrestling that you've ever heard. And I'm Joe Lamb. Ladies and gentlemen, buckle your seatbelts, keep your arms in the vehicle at all times. Wrestle Talk begins in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1... What is up, Wrestle Talk fans and family? How is everybody doing tonight? Man, oh man, oh man. What a great episode we have for you tonight. We've got the high spot segment, we got the shoot and shout segment, we got the Wrestle Talk podcast. Game show challenge. We got the fantasy wrestling segment. We that's not that's not enough. We've got NXT going on in the background. We've got Tom Simon coming on at 7:30. We got the new D1 champion Kamaro Jackson coming on at 8:30. It is going to be absolutely amazing. And Mario Rinaldi is back on NXT, baby, mama mia. Let's get this. Things started, whatever you're drinking, pop it open, whether it's water, beer, soda, whatever it is, pop it open and take a drink to the Vestatrol Podcast with Joe and Renee.
But before I go any further, man, let me specifically thank my people that are tuning in live right now on the Facebook, on the YouTube. Please hit the screen. There's a little thumbs up and a heart on the bottom of your screen. If you guys can tap that, we see it. It motivates us and encourages us to give you guys the best two hours of podcasting that we possibly can. And if you're feeling really generous, hit that share button, put it on any wrestling pages, put it on your own personal page, let the folks know Wrestle Talk Podcast with Joe and Renee is here to serve. The second thing I wanted to do, bro, is give a lot of love to our new sponsor. If you guys are in the Kansas City area, you're probably familiar with Overland Park. There's a uh, Overland Park, uh, uh, or the Oak Park Mall, I should say, in Overland Park. On the second floor, Retro K, baby. That's our new sponsor. That's right, my boy Derek, my boy Scott, over there doing a lot of work. They're taking care of us every single day of the week, whether we're on the air or not. So for all your vintage toys, video games, uh, wrestling memorabilia, go and check those guys out. They're going to give you a kick-ass price. And you know what, Jonesy? I got a little bit of breaking news before we hit the high spot segment. So do me a favor, enter Timmy. Hit that breaking news drop. What you got? What you Thank got? Thank you very much on that. I appreciate that. Great timing, guys. Here's what we're going to do starting in January. I have a Ricky the Dragon Steamboat signed action figure, and we're going to be raffling it off at Retrocade in the Oak Park Mall. So all you guys got to do is go there, buy a ticket for the raffle. If you win it, Okay, you get to keep the Ricky the Dragon Steamboat action figure. And what we're going to do is we're going to take 50% of it and give it back to a local charity, and the other 50% will come back to the WrestleTalk podcast to help us cover some production costs. So I don't know what we want to donate to. I know I love veterans. I know uh, there's a lot of people out there suffering from cancer, you know, and, and I know that autism is a big topic that we've covered here extensively on the WrestleTalk podcast, Jonesy. We'll maybe have to put a poll out on that and see where we can donate that money. But a Ricky the Dragon Steamboat signed action figure will be up for raffle at Retrocade at the Oak Park Mall starting in January, courtesy of your boys of the Wrestle Talk Podcast with Joel Renee. So if there wasn't an incentive already enough to go up there and check those guys out, go up there and see if you can win yourself that action figure. I personally retrieve the autograph. We're going to have it authentic- authenticated. My boy Scott's going to help me with that. And you could be walking out with a Ricky the Dragon Steamboat action figure for like $2. I think we're going to be selling the tickets for like $2 a piece. So you can't really beat that, brother. It's a good freaking deal, and it's going to go to a great cause, and it's going to help the rest of the talk podcast continue to grow. Jonesy, tell me what you feel about that, man, because I think it's big moves, baby. Big time oh, moves. You you definitely need to uh, uh, get on that and uh, uh, get that, that, that raffle going. Uh, you know, if, if if I can make a a a, a suggestion of, of the charity that that we donate to, uh, you can donate it to the uh, Nightmare Jones charity because you know Nightmare Jones is is you know you know he 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 just bought his you know this uh, this Undertaker belt and 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 and, and now I, I I bought my tickets to go to uh, the uh, Cauliflower Alley Club re- re- reunion. I'm a member of the Cauliflower Alley Club. The name of Jones needs all the help that he can get, ladies and gentlemen. Jonesy, Jonesy, why do we have to get off to this kind of start tonight, man? I thought it was going to be a good night, and you're over here flaunting your $700 Undertaker. 
your belt, and we're trying to give money away to charity. What is wrong with you? Thing is the Nightmare Jones Foundation. What are you talking about? For sure, all the 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 proceeds would go to Nightmare Jones. So yeah, you know. Well, of course. <laughs> My goodness, guys, please no. Joe, if it's you want to win, then you go buy yourself a raffle ticket. You go. Okay? you go get a raffle ticket if you want to win. There you go. Like, I'm just joking, ladies and gentlemen. Go buy yourself a, a raffle ticket. I promise you, <laughs> the the, the money will 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 go to a uh, a, a, a a charity, and so it's for a good cause. So just go do it. Yeah, and that and that action figure, by the way, is one of my prized possessions. I mean, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, we're lucky to still have him. Uh, he does a lot of meet and greets, but, you know, getting an autograph from him is nothing cheap. Uh, trust me. <laughs> so, yeah, we're going to give you guys an opportunity to win it. And, again, like Joe said, we're definitely going to be sure to put that back in a place where, uh, you know, where, where the money will be used properly and to help people that really need it. So, uh, all that said, as always, uh, um, Retro K. Uh, everything Combat with Jay Hollywood and Pat Milicic. Uh, thank you to Rap Funds Engraving uh, for doing our WrestleTalk podcast mugs. If you have them, raise them in the air like you just don't care. And if you don't have one yet, man, you're tripping, you're slacking on your macking, and you're slipping on your pippin. Hit your boys up at WrestleTalkPodcast.com so we can get you taken care of. And you can even have it custom engraved. The whole thing with the engraving is only $20 plus shipping. It doesn't really get any easier than that. Usually I have them out the door in about 10 days. So it's a good deal all the way around, no matter how you shake it. All that said, guys, we're going to go ahead and get into the swing of things tonight the way we always do. But before we do, we're going to ask everybody to remove their caps, place their hands over their hearts, as we pay homage to the greatest country on God's green earth. And that's America, damn it.
he could have a feud with uh, Adam Page, uh, uh, Ad, 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 Adam Cole. I mean, and you know, think of of, of if Marty Scroll was actually in NXT UK. How awesome would that be, Renee? And you know what, Jonesy, I think you nailed it perfectly from my perspective. If you're going to put him anywhere, you put him in NXT UK and let him kind of rule the roost over there. The reason I don't like him at the regular NXT is because the regular NXT feels like Ring of Honor light. Okay? Yep. And it's interesting because I was thinking about this uh, just over the weekend. If you look at the production and the guys on the roster, NXT looks less like WWE than AEW does. AEW reminds me more of the WWE product than what NXT does. That said, they're Ring of Honor heavy. Right off the top of my head, I can give you a couple of names. Tommaso, Johnny, and all four guys from the Undisputed Era. There's six guys just off the top of my head that are Ring of Honor. Mm -hmm. So I'm getting a feeling like if you're going to bring in another Ring of Honor guy, you bring him into NXT because Marty Scrooge, love the guy, great gimmick, great character, great talker, not necessarily the best in-ring worker. So what do you do? You put him in NXT UK, put him in a rivalry against some of the baddest guys they have up there, Pete Dunne, Walter. There's a couple other guys up there that are extremely talented, okay? That's where I would like to hear. Jonesy, I cannot disagree with you at all. I think you're 100% on the market with that one. Oh yeah, you know it, it's you know it 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 it, it it's going to be interesting to uh, see exactly where uh, he he ends up up uh, up going. Um, and you know, speaking of Tomas, I got I got one, uh, I, I got one for you. I got one for okay. you. Okay. Okay. And we're gonna jump around a lot, guys. If you want to participate in the show, I want my, somebody that's maybe watching on the YouTube, somebody that's watching on the Facebook. Type this out. Type this number out for me so that people know that they can call in and be a part of the show right now. And if you're listening to the replay, we love you just the same. Thank you so much. Share the podcast, share the podcast, leave a rating, you know, that whole deal. We really, really appreciate it. So what I wanted to throw at you, Jonesy, uh, after I provide this number, which is 657-383-1521. That's 657-383-1521. Because I know a lot of you guys have opinions about professional wrestling. This is where you bring them to the table, and we break them down and see if it holds up, you know, to our opinions. I, I think there's a lot of knowledgeable wrestling fans, and I want to hear your guys' perspective. Because, really, that makes for a great show. So, dial that number, guys, 657-383-1521. Here's the one that I was going to throw at you. So, the much-anticipated turn of MJF, not to heel, because we all know one of the better heels in the business today. Did you feel like his turn on Cody Rhodes was well executed? Yes or no? And why? Um, somewhat and somewhat not. Um, you could definitely tell that he was going to end up turning on Cody Rhodes just with the way that MJF was acting. Like, you could tell that, you know, he wasn't sincere, you know, calling Cody Rhodes his best friend, and, you know, you could almost tell that 
not being sincere. And if you know anything about MJF, you know that he is a master heel. Uh, so it did not really surprise me very much at all when he turned on, on Cody Rhodes. I'm going to be honest. Okay, so, so then answer the question. Did they or did they not hit a home run? Do you think they exited? Because I heard kind of like a maybe. So is maybe your answer? Kind of? Is that your answer? Um, I'm going to say no because nobody believed that MJF was a face. Nobody believed that, that, that MJF was really sincere with the things he said about Cody Rhodes. At least I didn't. So I'm going to say no. That's fair. That's fair. And and I'm going to give you my opinion in a second. But I want to kind of highlight something that I'm concerned with. Don't have a problem with, but I'm concerned with. This lack of pure definition of who the good guys are and the bad guys are lead to indifference. A lot of people are talking Uh about the ratings. NXT, last week, for the second week in a row, beat AEW. Now, a lot of people will attribute that, hey, well, you know, they did a lot of cross-brand stuff. You had a lot of main roster people coming on to NXT uh, and a lot of NXT people coming on to SmackDown and Raw. So a lot of people are trying to attribute it to that. But let me tell you where a problem happens, okay? When you have indifference, there is nothing worse to a character's development than that in the world of professional wrestling. I've heard Kevin Owens himself say it. He said, I don't care if you boo me. I don't care if you cheer me. I just want a reaction, okay? And I'm going to give you another example of what they're doing that goes against the grain, which is admirable, but is backfiring, okay? Here's a question for you, Jonesy, and then we'll move on to the next topic. What happened to Awesome Kong versus Nyla Rose? Can anybody tell me? Somebody did that number, 657 Three eight three one five two one. Can anybody tell me what happened to Awesome Kong versus Nyla Rose? Because from what I remember, that was supposed to be the feud to close out 2019 for the women's division in AEW. And since then, what have we seen, Jonesy? We've seen Nyla Rose lose to a woman that weighs 105 pounds, and now she's relegated to doing commentary with the guy that wears a mask at the commentary table during AEW Dark. So your one true credible talent is now doing commentary? And the one rivalry that could have really got her over as a certified badass never happened. I'm just confused. Am I supposed to boo Nyla Rose? Am I supposed to cheer Nyla Rose? It frustrates me, Jones, because I think they've got a world of talent. They just lack direction. Now, I know there's people that are going, hey, night out, relax, bro. Wait for it to play out. Guess what, friends? We're a couple of months into this deal now. And the women's division for AEW is an embarrassment. And the guy that should be your number one, top flight, highest rising star in the company, in my opinion, MJF, was forced into an awkward, uninspired turn on Cody that everyone and their mom and their mom's dog saw coming. That's a huge problem for a company that claims to be the alternative, that claims to not be predictable, that claims to be edgy, 
I don't, I don't understand it. I'm confused and I'm disappointed. And I want some answers, Josie. What do you think? I would definitely agree with, with you 100%. My issue with, with AEW is that it lacks direction. If you watch AEW, you don't really know who are the faces and who are the heels. But if you watch NXT, you know who are the faces, who are the heels, who you're supposed to cheer for, who you are supposed to boo. Uh, I don't know what happened with Awesome Kong uh, against uh, uh, Nyla Rose. Last time we saw Awesome Kong, she she came out with uh, Brandy Rhodes, and she cut one of the, the ladies' hair, and that's the last time that you've seen uh, Awesome Kong. Uh, Nyla Rose ends up losing to a girl that weighs probably less than than 100 pounds. It doesn't really seem to be, you know, something that that should have have happened because it, it, it's kind of like if Brock Lesnar were to actually lose to Rey Mysterio. You know that that it's just, it, it doesn't make make sense. And I feel that's the issue with AEW is they need to figure out how to get the direction that they're going because right now it doesn't seem that there's any direction. It just seems that they're coming out there, they're wrestling. And, you know, uh, they, they they had a new group that, that debuted. I think it's Baron and the, the Blade. And they got little the to no direction out of so ever, and it's an awesome tag team. But if you it watched is. it, the 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 announcers were were literally and louder than what the audience was. Like the audience was like like if if it was less than 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 a mediocre uh, re re response for it. I absolutely and then I don't agree. Even, what the hell's going on with with with, with the uh, with, with the other stable? Of the guys that that wear the the mask, I don't even know what the hell is going on with that stable. The dark order. So yeah, <laughs> the dark order. <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's crazy. And, and, and you know what, Josie, we, we want to get reaction from uh, the, the Wrestle Talk family out there, uh, and we're gonna get to you guys. I see a couple of people on hold already, so we're gonna try to get to you guys before the uh, the seven thirty mark Central Time, uh, because we're gonna be talking to Tom Simon, a guy who's been in the business well over twenty years, referees member of the board of directors down at USA Championship Wrestling, and also a well-respected member of the Cauliflower Alley Club. I know you want to talk about Cauliflower Alley Club. I know you're all sorts of hyped up and excited about that, Jonesy. Just hold your horses. you got to relax because we're going to get to that with Tom Simon here in about 10 minutes. The other thing I wanted to bring up, Jonesy, and I know you had one other topic. I, I promise you we'll make time for it. Was this situation at WrestleCade involving the Sandman? You heard, you heard it right, folks. There was a situation at WrestleCade down in uh, in South Carolina, I believe it was, mm-hmm. and the Sandman is now letting his highly educated and evolved pro wrestling perspective be heard, not by everyone, but specifically the women who were scheduled to wrestle WrestleCade weekend on the main event. One of those young ladies being the highly talented Jordan Grace. Now, if you guys are not in tune with what Sandman said, allow me to summarize, okay? 
what he said. What the <laughs> I'm having a hard time even getting this out, bro. I'm sorry. <laughs> what he said can be described by one word. And here it is. Stupid. 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 That's right. Stupid. You know why, Jonesy? Because the Sandman said that there is no circumstance in which women should be main eventing any show under any circumstance. That was Sandman's perspective. And, you know, Sandman has a reputation. He's been around the block. He's former ECW legend, okay, ECW original. So we all know that Sandman's not necessarily the most sane guy on the planet. So you say, oh, yeah. that's just Sandman being Sandman. He had a couple beers, smoked a couple joints, maybe whatever it is. You want to chalk it up to that because we all love the Sandman when we were kids. But, bro, it wasn't an accident. He went on busted open radio and basically continued to spew the rhetoric in trying to convince people that there's no wrestler that will stand behind the idea that women can main event a show or a pay-per-view or what have you. I thought it was absolutely ludicrous and ridiculous to see a guy who is relatively respected in the pro wrestling world say something so absolutely delusional that I no longer have respect for the guy. And I was indifferent previously because I'm more of an RVD guy. I never really cared for, you know, Sandman. Not super big in the ECW anyway. I'm just saying, the dude is talking crazy, and he makes no effing sense. Jonesy, I got to get your thoughts on the Sandman because I think he's lost his damn marbles. Yeah, um, you know, he, he, he the, the, the Sandman beats to a different drum, and, you know, he... <laughs> he definitely made those, those, those comments, and it pissed off quite a few people, including uh, one uh, Tessa Blanchard. And you know, it's it's you know, he he needs to understand that that women's wrestling isn't like it was when he was in ECW. Women's wrestling has evolved one thousand percent since he was in ECW, and you know, so his his thoughts. And and the comments were, were were definitely something that that he should have probably kept to him himself, one hundred percent. Because I don't know about you, but I wouldn't want to piss off Tessa Blanchard, and I sure as hell wouldn't want to piss off Jordan Grace. Because Jordan Grace seems like like she like she could probably body press me and toss me over the top rope with no issue whatsoever. <laughs> yep, probably. <laughs> that's that's crazy, bro. I thought it was ridiculous. Well, uh, intern Timmy, let's see if we can't screen these callers just to make sure uh, that we get the right people on because we want people with intensity and with passion and with fire to come on. And we have a very short window of time uh, before Tom Simon uh, joins us. So you guys make sure that if you're going to come on, you bring the heat, you spew the fire, and you get your ass out of here so that we can keep the show flowing. Uh, while Jonesy and Intern Timmy uh, chalk up the callers, I did want to shoot out a huge congratulations. And this congratulations go out to two guys 
that I was very, very fortunate to see them in action at their very first match. I probably see these guys wrestle more than almost any other fan on the planet because they are homegrown right here in beautiful Kansas City. Guys, the Regal Twins will be making their new Japan Pro Wrestling debut on the 7th and 8th of December. That means this weekend at Lions Break Project 2. So go over to New Japan Pro Wrestling of America, okay? That's New Japan Pro Wrestling of America. Give those guys some love. Tell them the Wrestle Talk podcast sent you. Like and retweet because we're getting some local Midwest boys, them boys, them royal boys. They're going to be doing big things over at New Japan Pro Wrestling. And for all the negative stuff that we're seeing in some of the other promotions, and I'm not saying that AEW isn't doing a good job. I was just pointing out some things that are concerning to me. You know who's doing everything right as far as I'm, I'm concerned? I've not seen anything that, that really makes me feel like they just don't know what they're doing. New Japan Pro Wrestling is absolutely on fire, and you can tell that they have their ear to the ground because they heard about them Royal Boys, that's right, the Regal Twins, and they're going to be performing for New Japan Pro Wrestling, making their debut over at Lions Break. You guys need to make sure that you let New Japan Pro Wrestling know that once you see them guys perform, that you want to see them over and over and over and over. Because if I said it once, I'm going to say it a hundred times, you must support local. If you pay for tickets to the big shows, make sure you pay for tickets for the small shows. And support those guys and buy the t-shirts and buy the wristbands and the 8x10s and share them on social. That's what we have to do to make sure that the sport keeps growing. I know a lot of people want to credit TV and the Internet for the growth of professional wrestling. That's all well and good. But you know how people discover it? It's still good old-fashioned word of mouth like it always has been. So shout-out and much love to the Regal Twins making their New Japan Pro Wrestling debut over at Lions Break Project 2 on the 7th and 8th. Make sure you guys go over to New Japan Pro Wrestling 1972.com for more information on that. Jonesy, what do you got for me? All right. Well, there's one other thing I wanted to talk about before we, we bring on uh, Tom's assignment, and and that is uh, today I read a, a article that uh, Tommaso Ciampa was talking about how when he was in Ring of Honor, his his contract was 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 up, and he was 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 in the negotiations, you know, to renew his contract, and you know he was hoping that when they renewed his contract, that he was actually going to be able to do wrestling full time. He wasn't going to going to have to worry about wrestling and also having a job as well. Well, when he went into the uh, meeting, the number that they gave him was a lot less than what he had ex- expected. And and he was trying to, to figure out, you know, why it was so low. And the guy that is the COO of Ring of Honor literally told him that nobody was ever going to pay him over $20,000 a year to wrestle. At that point, Tommaso Ciampa says, well, I didn't know you guys really felt about me that way, and literally walked out of the meeting and signed with 
the WWE, and look at where Tommaso Ciampa is now. He is the main guy on NXT right now. So, you know, like, he was literally told that there was nobody that was going to pay him over $20,000 a year to wrestle, and now the guy's making more than enough money to where he never has to work a second job again. Because, as you know, a lot of wrestlers, wrestling is not their only job. A lot of times they have to have a second job just to make ends meet. And, you know, so, you know, congratulations to to Tommaso Ciampa for, you know, doing what he needed to do, and look at where he's at now. Well, you know what, man? I could not be any prouder of a guy like that who made his bones nearby, Jonesy. I I know you may be aware of this. He um, spent some time in Troy, Missouri, honing his craft at uh, the well-respected World League Wrestling, uh, where, you know, the late, great Harley Race closed out his career as a teacher and as a trainer. Um, To me, stories like this, unfortunately, are far too common. Uh, It wasn't but a week or two ago that Kevin Owens told a similar story. And let me just say this, and I'm going to tie it back to the Wrestle Talk podcast, and we're going to move on to Tom Simon. You never know what lies deep inside a person until they are provided the confidence and the platform to do what they do at the highest possible level. When we look back and think about that particular situation, Jonesy, you ask yourself, would Tommaso Ciampa have reached his pinnacle sooner had it not been due to the lack of confidence that the folks at Ring of Honor had for him. So not not, not to kind of be a Monday morning quarterback or anything like that, but I think it's fair to look back and say this. Now, who looks like an asshole? I'm sorry. But Ring of Honor is starting to sound quite ridiculous, according to reports. I claim to know nothing 100% factually. But let's be real. They got it wrong with Kevin Owens, and now they got it wrong with Tommaso Ciampa. Oh, yeah, and by the way, they got it wrong with Kelly Klein. So they have a track record of more or less defaming and holding back their talent. So what I got to ask myself is this, Jonesy. How much sooner would Tommaso Ciampa have reached this level had it not been for Ring of Honor holding him back? Because apparently at some point they felt like he was holding them back. So be careful who you burn on the way up, ladies and gentlemen. Be careful the bridges you break on the way up, ladies and gentlemen, because there's a chance that on the way back down, you may have to cross those same bridges. And Ring of Honor right now, would give their left nut to have a guy as relevant and as hot as Tommaso Ciampa and G's freaking Louise. Did you see what he did at War Games? It was insane. He came back from neck surgery in six months and took the nastiest bump of the night in that War Games match against the Undisputed Era. Absolutely incredible. I tip my cap to you, Tommaso Ciampa especially because you're a bearded dude with no hair up top, and 
I got extra respect for you for that. <laughs> but it's awesome to see when people are able to rise from the ashes and really hit their stride when they are afforded the confidence and the platform to operate at the very highest level. People can do incredible things, Jonesy, when they're afforded that. And I'll tell you what, that is the same goal. That is the same objective that we have here on the Russell Talk podcast. We're not perfect by a long shot. We got a long way to go. The video quality could be better. The sound quality could be better. You know, we got some people that don't show up. All those things are going to happen. But we're going to keep on trekking. And one day, it's going to be one of the biggest podcasts in the, uh, in the pro wrestling world. I guarantee it. I guarantee it because we're going to put the work and the effort in. And I know it's going to pay off in the long run. All that said, Nightmare Jones, I think it's about that time because I'm ready to talk to our first featured guest of the evening, intern Timmy. Cue up that music as we welcome back a current and long-standing member of the WrestleTalk family, the well-respected Tom Simon. What is going on, Tom Simon? How you doing, man? Jonesy, my man, you continue to surpass every platform that you set. Uh, you you were talking, you guys were talking a minute ago about continuing to strive for excellence, and you've done yeah. it once again because you've got your favorite and mine, Tom Simon, on the Wrestle Talk podcast one more time, and uh, got a you know I was I've been listening, and there are a couple of things uh, you know that I'm gonna, I'm going to just hit some high points real quick, and then we're going to talk about anything you guys want to talk about. First of all, Sandman, he's clueless. I knew Jordan Grace before <laughs> she got any contract at all. She worked as hard as any woman in this business. And when we were in little bitty town, Tennessee, and she was working two matches a night, Jordan was just the sweetest thing as she could be. I loved her dearly, and I'm, I'm just tickled to death that she has the opportunities that she has now. Sandman, you're clueless. You have no idea what good wrestling is. I mean, you are a trash can waiting to happen in ECW. I mean, you put all the wrestling talent you have in there, you put it in a teeny tiny wastebasket, and there's still room left over for all the beer cans you have. You drank and beat on your forehead. I think I just think you've taken one too many uh, Singapore cane shots in your time, Sandman. I, you know, just you have to know when to speak and when to shut your mouth. Tessa Blanchard, excellent. I mean, such a such a background, such a heritage, and she has worked her ass off, just like Jordan Grace, just like Santana Garrett. I have known Santana Garrett for years, and Kenny, God rest his soul. He did it right, training her and, and giving her opportunities to go and work. You know, it, it, there are ladies out there 
right now, and not just the ones you see in WWE. There are ladies out there in every promotion that are working their asses off just to stay even because there are a lot of promoters out there that will not give them the opportunity. Screw them. They're missing out on a great thing. One other thing you guys were talking about, you know, you pay the money for the for the big ticket for WWE and all these big shows. If you took that money from one ticket, you could go to wrestling shows, independent wrestling shows, with very good talent for two months. Every weekend, you could go to a different show every weekend for two months and see some great wrestling and see eight times the amount of wrestling than you would see in one very long and boring house show or TV show, which you're going to be able to see, you know, if you've got a DVR anyway. I've been to South Broadway Athletic Club in St. Louis, Missouri. It has been there for, oh, God, more years than I want to think. Over 40 years they've been doing wrestling once a month on Saturday night. Tony Costa, great promoter, works with a very good friend of mine, Herb, Herb Simmons. Herb Simmons worked with Larry Metasick for a number of years. Herb still has his SICW, Southern Illinois Championship Wrestling, in East Carondelet, Illinois, along with Swansea and a number of other towns in the southern, uh, southwestern Illinois area. These guys are the ones that are keeping the business alive. And, and with Herb Simmons, he doesn't hide anything. He tells it like it is. They've, they've got their little cable access show, but they have sellout after sellout after sellout. No matter what building they're in, whether it be the community center in East Carondelet or the Bell Claire Fairgrounds Arena, you know, uh, it, where they put a couple thousand in there, that's where Bruce Brody used to come and wrestle for Larry Madison all the time. Amazing. Independent wrestling, also USA Championship Wrestling, still hanging in there. Burt Prentice, uh, my good friend, your old buddy, Burt Prentice. Uh, they had to cancel their show this weekend because of some scheduling conflicts with main event talent, but they're going to uh, have a, a show coming up on January 11th. Jerry Lawler's going to be there, and he will wrestle because he has a wrestling uh, agreement with WWE to be able to wrestle independent shows, uh, especially for his buddy, Burt Prentice. Now that I've got that off my chest, how you guys doing? <laughs> oh, man. I, you know, I am doing... Always ready, man. Always ready. Go ahead, Joe. I am doing absolutely amazing tonight. I finally uh, I joined the, the Colorado Alley Club, and I got my tickets to go to the Colorado Alley reunion show. So I am thoroughly excited for April. Oh, it is going to be amazing. This will be my 10th year at the Cauliflower Alley Club. Uh, It all starts out on Sunday night and Monday night with two different wrestling shows, a number of very good independent wrestlers, and a couple of contract guys. Uh, You know, we had – Brian Blair was supposed to do a retirement match against Rock Riddle, and uh, Rock tried to pull a fast one. So uh, since Brian's uh, physical wasn't cleared by the State Athletic Commission in Nevada, they're kind of strict out there, you know, Uh, and he was having some back problems. 
you know, Rock brought some guy out uh, to uh, to take his place, and then Brian just happened to have back in the back in the dressing room a guy named Matt Stryker, and then Matt Stryker came out and wrestled. Uh, great show. Uh, it's always a good show. It's always a lot of fun. Uh, it kicks off with the Casino Royale Battle Royal, which is the largest battle royal. I don't care what anybody says. A couple of years ago, we had over 60 wrestlers in the ring at one time. And I was announcing the match. Yeah, tell me about it. And I had, I was actually doing the ring announcing for that match. So not only did I introduce them all, I also called when they were eliminated. And having, and basically, I didn't sit down. I walked around the ring and, and, and was just right almost in the middle of it. Thank God uh, nobody threw me in there. But it, there's two nights. Uh, women have a battle royal, too. Uh, some some great women's wrestlers, Andrea the Giant, uh, Kat Von Hees from Canada, uh, Malaya Hosaka has worked the show. Uh, on a, you know, And I love Malaya. I've known Malaya for years and years and years, all the way back to WLW's first TV tapings in Springfield, Missouri, at Remington's. Uh, gosh, 2000. Uh, it, it, you know, it's been that long ago that Harley and the guys were were going at it, and now they're still at it. Uh, you know, after all these years, we went. We saw Chris Ledoux the night before our first TV taping. Uh, it was Malaya Hasaka and Greg Valentine, and I was fortunate enough to tag along. Uh, great concert at Remington's, and then the next day we had. Uh, we taped three wrestling shows, so that was fun. <laughs> wow, yeah. I know that, that I'm excited, and I know that Renee is is excited as well, because, you know, this is a opportunity for the podcast itself to, to grow even more, because there's going to be so many people that we're going to be able to, to talk to. You never know who we're going to be able to get on the podcast, right, Renee? Uh, man, it, it's very, very exciting, Joe. You know, I we've been supporters of the CAC for a couple of years now, like the last three, and uh, this is going to be the first time that we're actually going to take that that step and make the trip out there. And, and a lot of it has to do with the encouragement uh, of guys like Tom, who always have great things to say about it. So yeah, absolutely, Joe. I am I'm elated and excited and anxious for the day to arrive so we can head out to the CAC. The Absolutely. reunion is actually the 27th through the 29th of April, and uh, it's at the Gold Coast Hotel and Casino in Las Vegas. The best part about it is when you get there, a lot of us come in on Saturday night, so that gives us a free night. We come in, I'm coming in on the 25th. The 26th and 27th are the nights where the uh, the wrestling shows take place. Uh, during the day on the 27th, the nostalgia room opens up, and there are all sorts of tables, memorabilia, uh, uh, some wrestling organizations, and some wrestlers have tables there where they can do their merchandise and everything else. On Tuesday night, the 28th, they have what they call the baloney blowout. And, well, it used to be called the baloney blowout, and the history behind that was a a promoter at the end of the night would, uh, 
as part of the payout, throw a couple loaves of bread and a big slab of bologna on the table in the dressing room so guys could actually eat after they're done with, with their wrestling matches. And they'd sit around and BS. I, I, seriously, like two, three pounds of bologna, and you just cut off a hunk and, and you know, either eat, eat it on a slab of bread. But it is now the Bockwinkle blowout, named after the former president of the Cauliflower Alley Club, uh, former mm-hmm. AWA world champion, Nick Bockwinkle. And then on Wednesday night, the 29th, is the uh, – the, and they do awards on the 28th. Some of the awards will be awarded then on the 28th. And then on the 29th, they will have the rest of the honorees. Uh, at a, this is – the Bucklegal the blowout's kind of a, a laid back, a little less formal. In fact, for years, because of Red Bass scene, we all wore Hawaiian shirts. On 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 Tuesday night, and then Wednesday night is when you dress up. I have all I you know I did my tux for years, and then I'm, now I'm just in a regular uh, nice suit when uh, Wednesday night rolls around. But the other part of it is for and I told Lucky P. Larson, Esquire, manager to the stars, this a couple of years ago when he went out there. I said about Cauliflower Alley Club you will never if you're a wrestling fan you will never have the opportunity to meet and see and speak with as many wrestling stars present and past than you do at the Cauliflower Alley Club because it doesn't matter I mean I've got pictures if you go to my Facebook page you will see all of the pictures from CAC for years there is a tradition that I hold, and it is every year I get a picture with one individual, and she hunts me down like the dog that I am and finds me because she knows we need to get this picture taken. And the picture I'm talking about is with a lady by the name of Atta Johnson. Now, that name may not be familiar to a lot of people. Ooh, ooh, I know, but, I know. Can I jump yeah, in here? I, I know that is. I'll bet you do. It doesn't matter what you know. It that doesn't matter. <laughs> but, go, all right, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. That, that's awesome. Well, Arthur Johnson happens to be the mother of Rock, the Rock, Dwayne Johnson, and every year Arthur and I get together for that picture. Generally, it's on Sunday night before the whole shooting match starts she sits there during the show she's on the front row and uh you know i i get a picture with her every year a couple years ago jody christopherson the uh uh wonderfully talented independent wrestler he had taken a year off he's back in the business again his mom and dad came to the show now i don't know if you know who jody christopherson's dad is we're doing a little no. name dropping here, but the, you never know who you're going to see at the Cauliflower Alley Club and at the reunions and at the at the shows before the reunions. Uh, Jody Christopherson's dad is named Chris. Chris Christopherson, one okay. of the original Highwaymen, and he was there on the front row. Uh, I made sure I saved a couple of seats for him and his wife because they came to watch Jody wrestle. Um, Sam Houston's there every year. Sin Bodie's there. 
course, he lives in Vegas. Uh, you know, just a lot of a lot of the independent wrestlers. Uh, of course, Greg Anthony's been there every year, the Golden Boy. Of course, he's getting up in years now, so uh, Love Greg, I call him by the, the Golden. Former guest, he's a great guy. Uh, yeah, former NWA Junior Heavyweight Champion. Um, oh, by the way, speaking of you were you were talking about New Japan USA. Um, another besides the Regal Twins. One other young man who is going to also be appearing out there is uh, a young man that I am very familiar with, with my association with traditional championship wrestling for years here in Arkansas. And that would have been uh, the former Americos, uh, 50 caliber Barrett Brown from, uh, from Texas. Barrett uh, worked for TCW for years and has really dedicated his his life to his craft. He is going to be uh, wrestling out there in uh, in uh, California this weekend. I was trying to look up uh, who he was going to be facing, and uh, it just, it's not going to take long at all, because uh, he has been with um, he's been to the New Japan Dojo a couple of times out on the West Coast. Uh, Barrett is going to be fighting Alex Coughlin on the 17th, and he will team up with Mysterioso to face the Regal Twins on the 8th. So it, it's it's a lot of fun. Uh, Barrett is generally so well-respected throughout uh Throughout the independence, a um, lot of wrestling in uh, in Texas and Arkansas. He still works for uh, Matt Riviera and Championship Wrestling of Arkansas. Uh, they're back in business once again. But Barrett, I have respected him. His mom and dad are just super people. I love them dearly. Uh, ever since he started, you know, he started when he was you know 18 years old with uh, traditional championship wrestling, and so he uh, he's he's worked his ass off and is um, I could not be prouder of uh, 50 caliber Barrett Brown, and he is also appearing at the Chara Expo USA for Lion Break Project Two uh, that'll be at the Anaheim Convention Center Hall D on the 7th and 8th of December this weekend. Just unbelievable. Uh, it's it's amazing when you when you go through life and you you run into people here and there and and you know you figure gee that's really neat and and you go eh, he's he's okay but he looks like he works hard and sure enough he comes out and uh, has elevated himself. You know, since 2010, he has elevated himself so much, and has he he is just a, a technical expert uh, in the ring. Uh, he is absolutely uh, got my total respect. BarrettBrownPro.com is his website. Uh, you know, if you want to see a little bit of him, that's the place to go. Just it's it's a lot of fun when you see guys that you have worked with. Uh, make it in the big time. You know, guys like Ace Steel. Of course, you guys know Ace, I'm sure. 
Absolutely. Chris Guy. And he is now a trainer at the Performance Center. And he and Lucy have moved to Florida. Lucy was one of my uh, uh, one of my Santa's helpers in Boonville, uh, Arkansas, seven years ago for a wrestling show. We did a, a Christmas show, and she and Stacy O'Brien and Heather Patera, all three of them, were my Santa's helpers and escorted me to the ring when I began the night as ring announcer for TCW. Talk about blessed I absolutely was then well Tom I appreciate you sharing those stories man and and as I hear you talk I get more and more excited and I'm I'm wondering kind of where I should start off and and I guess I'll, I'll start with something that everybody that's listening tonight can relate to and that is the excitement over the return of the NWA and I, I definitely have to get your thoughts on it because but for a lot of us, even though I wasn't necessarily a fan back then, it really does feel like a, 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 a breath of fresh air, uh, especially with the Rock and Roll Express winning the NWA Tag Team Championships uh, last night on NWA Power. Uh, can you give us your thoughts a little bit? And I know you have a great perspective on old school versus new school and everything in between. Does that make you excited? Is there still nostalgia there for a guy such as yourself since you've been around the business for such a long time? When you see something like that, is it something that you still get excited about? Absolutely. When I saw a studio show being produced, uh, of course, by my friend Dave Marquez, you just can't help but get excited about it. Um, Before he got into the ownership of wrestling, Billy Corgan was a huge wrestling fan. I have a picture with him at Cauliflower Alley. He was just out there to see the stars like everybody else. And uh, it was really interesting. Uh, He was just starting as a promoter in Chicago at the time. And now he is the owner and president of the National Wrestling Alliance. Um, I, I, I really enjoyed the shows. I think... I, and I've still got a couple of questions about the Cornette thing, uh, because I know for a fact, having been a TV producer, having been the guy that's put shows together and edited them down, I still don't understand why that was put out there if everybody if it was going to get the reaction that it did. It didn't surprise me coming from Cornette because he's he's – He's he's told that joke so many times. I'm surprised anybody reacted to it. <laughs> I agree I, with you. I mean, he, his commentary has also always taken that turn. But uh, uh, I've drifted a little bit. But I, Dave Lagana is was the was the producer of the show. He was the one that was putting the show together. And I asked the question at the time. They had four weeks to edit these shows down. And what I don't understand is if that was such a shocking thing, this is where I've always had another set of eyes coming, coming along and watching the edited version. If there was something that I missed, I want them to tell me so I can go back and correct it before it actually gets posted on YouTube 
and posted, uh, you know, out on the web page and everything else. I've always had that safety valve. It's it's been it's been bugging me that somebody didn't say, "Hey, Dave." Of course, they probably trusted him, but you know, somebody said, "Hey, Dave, you might want to think about that comment," and you know, just edit it out. You know, uh, just cut his mic. You know, cut his audio for that portion of it. Had that happened, they wouldn't have had to go back and do, uh, done an empty empty studio match. Uh, they wouldn't have taken the huge beating that they took. But all in all, I, I'm still, I mean, no promotion after nine shows is going to be made or broken. You can't make or break a promotion on nine shows. You can slow down the uh, momentum that they had, certainly, and that's what's happened, I think. A, a lot of people in show seven, eight, nine, uh, a lot of people haven't watched the show as much as they did. Uh, I mean, they had some great viewership for the first six, and then uh, the, the wheels fell off the cart. Uh, Ricky and Robert, I've worked with over and over again. Uh, it, it doesn't matter where it is. Ricky and Robert have showed up. Um, you know, they've worked for USA Championship Wrestling. Uh, they've come to the historical Omen Arena in Jackson, Tennessee, and, and wrestled there. Uh, in fact, Cornette was their manager the night that they wrestled there. That was that was huge. I enjoyed that. And Lucky P. Larson got wore out by Cornette's tennis racket. Not by Cornette, but by Ricky and Robert. Yeah. Well, I absolutely love that perspective. And, and I had to know uh, kind of what you thought about it because clearly uh, the fans are thirsting for something different, and something different isn't necessarily always something new. Uh, very yeah. uh, uh, similar to what we see in fashion, Tom, uh, things come and go, uh, but they always kind of find a way to come back. Uh, we've noticed uh, – Bell bottoms recently, skinny jeans, all things we saw in the late 70s, early 80s, are kind of making their way back around again, and, and it's, it's in style, you know. So I want to applaud them, and, and I, like you, I'm somewhat disappointed um, that the NWA decided to move in the direction that they, that they moved in. From what I understand, Jim resigned because he was asked to issue an apology for something that he felt like he didn't want to apologize for. And well, clearly, it, uh, it, it wasn't going to happen. Cornette was never going to apologize for it because he, in his mind, didn't think that it was offensive. And, and, and that's Jim Cornette. I mean, I'll tell you what, if, if you go back, and this is what really, it just general, in general pisses me off that people will go back 30 or 40 years and see something that offends them now. But, but, they go back and they say, oh, you can't show this anymore. You can't show that anymore because it offends me. You know what? If you're, if you're offended by something that you see on TV, turn the damn set off. Change the channel. Don't screw with my TV. Don't screw with my wrestling. Don't screw with my TV because <laughs> I don't care what you like and what you don't like. Don't don't take your snowflake ass somewhere else because I enjoy good 
hardcore, you know, old school wrestling. They're going to take a break. They're going to do their pay-per-view uh, on the 14th. You know, NWA is. They're, they're doing the their pay-per-view on the 14th. <laughs> Into the fire, yeah. yeah. And, you know, and, and then they're going to turn around and they're going to do <laughs> more tapings. They're, they've called this the end of season one. And I, I think maybe if they just take a little breather, let things cool down a little bit, and then come back with the studio wrestling like they had before. I, you know, I just absolutely love it. The guys that are that are doing it know what they're doing. I'm, I, I'm sure you know who David Marquez is. I see David every year at CAC. He always sneaks in from from uh, from Cali. And Dave and I started out, you know, we talked about World League Wrestling. It was World Legion Wrestling when it started out in 2000 in uh, Springfield, Missouri. It was Harley Race, and Bill Ash was one of the bookers, and Carl Lauer was in there too. Um, And Harley bought them all out and kept going. But Dave Marquez was the one that did the TV back in 2000. He produced the World Legion Wrestling TV shows, and I still have those on DVD, by the way. And I watch them every once in a while because it's just like everybody else. It was the last. It was the last professional appearance by Gordon Soley as well. And uh, Gordon, uh, I I've met. Gordon's son, Gennard, and uh, he's at Cauliflower Alley every year, and he's writing a book right now about his dad. And uh, But Gordon Soley was there. You know, My friend Steve Murphy from St. Louis was doing interviews for them. Uh, just, it was just, it was a great time then. We, we had Dan Severn there. Uh, he was the NWA champion at the time, and his pyro went off, and the fire alarms went off. And they, uh, the power went out, and they had to reset everything so that we could continue on with the taping because they didn't consider that the pyro would have set off the smoke alarms. It's a bar. <laughs> <laughs> but that's just – those are some of the things that happen sometimes. You just, you just go, okay. <laughs> it, it was funny the, the way that uh, Gordon totally tried to cover for it. You know, they they, they sent it to a break, but he says – well, I, there's some sort of siren going off, and I'm not quite sure. We'll find out, and we'll be right back. And, it, you know, like the professional he was, he, everybody knew. Uh, he was in, around the corner and uh, and didn't realize that the, that the pyro had gone off and therefore had set off the, uh, the smoke alarms. But, that, I mean, studio wrestling, of course – that's the last TV that I've done was studio wrestling over in Jackson, Tennessee for USA championship wrestling. I was the producer of that show and uh, they're still doing taping in the basement of the Omen arena. We've got a small, uh, small area there. All the walls are painted black. The curtains are black. Uh, You've got the, the ring there and we see about 200 people. And they will take three shows, and it's it's just just like it used to be in Memphis. Uh, Jerry Lawler comes over there when he comes over to Omen. He come he says he always goes downstairs and, and takes a look around. 
He says, boy, does this bring back memories. And he's talking about the studio wrestling. Uh, a lot of promotions are missing out because it's it's really easy to produce and uh, inexpensive because, hell, uh, wrestling at the Chase is one of the premier local wrestling shows for years and years and years in St. Louis, never charged for their tickets. Wow. For their tape for their tapings at at the Chase, uh, at the KPLR studios, you send in a self-addressed stamped envelope, and you write on the outside whether you want two or four tickets, and they send them back to you. And they taped every three weeks the Sunday after the Friday night show at the Peel Auditorium, and so it was just uh, you know, and you see all the stars that that appeared on Friday night: Ric Flair, Kevin Von Erich, David Von Erich, Bruiser Brody. Dick the Bruiser, uh, you know, every, anybody who appeared at the shows, at the Keel Auditorium shows, the big 15,000, you know, draw, was uh, was there on Sunday because they were booked for the entire weekend. They'd do Friday night in St. Louis. They'd do Saturday at a house show out somewhere in either Illinois or Missouri. Uh, and then they'd come back on Sunday morning and do – three shows uh, before they take their flights and, and fly back home. Hal Flair was there a lot. And if you get a chance to look at the old wrestling at the chase tapes um, that are out and around now, uh, you'll see all these guys. You'll see our friend Darla Skaggs because she was always there. Darla Skaggs. Uh, she lives in Minneapolis now and just, I love her to death. She'll be at Cauliflower Alley too. But she and Larry and and Mickey and all Mickey Garagiola, uh, Joe Garagiola's brother, by the way, uh, he was the ring announcer. And everybody, it was like a family, just like they're talking about now in WWE. The locker room's a family, and sometimes we have our differences, but for the most part. We are family, and when we get back together after not seeing each other for a couple of weeks, you just go, brother, how's it going? And, you know, you, you catch up on things. I, I you know, I, I, I think we should do this for another hour and a half sometime. I know we can't do that tonight because I certainly don't want to take any time away uh, from, from Camaro. Uh, I, I know he's probably waiting there patiently. I wanted to play the game show, but we'll do that some other time. Well, I, I'll tell you what, Tom, uh, you are actually not eating into Camaro Jackson's time because he's not scheduled to join us for about another 20 minutes or so. But I will oh. tell you this. We do have a separate little, uh, let's just say, participation project that you, we want you to be a part of before we close out this segment and it's a little different from what you did last time because last time we did the game show challenge, and we don't like for people yeah. to get in their comfort zone. We don't like for people to get in their comfort zone. So tonight we want you to join us in the Wrestle Talk podcast shoot and shout segment. And I heard a little bit uh, uh, um, from you earlier, uh, you know, expressing your passion and, and maybe a little bit of frustration towards the Sandman. But we're gonna see if you can kind of pull from that one more time as we get into tonight's edition to the shoot and shout segment where you get 
30, 40 seconds, however much you need, to voice a displeasure that you have about anything wrestling-related or not. Tom, are you ready to join us? I am ready. Intern Timmy, you know what to do, baby. Let's get into episode 275 edition of the Wrestle Talk Podcast Shoot and Shout segment.
All right. <laughs> I guess you told them. <laughs> I don't know where do you go. Anyway, I'm 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 not I'm not going to wait for him to come back. I'm going to start my shoot right now. Piggybacking off of something you said before, Jonesy, it's about characters and investment by the fans. Now, the fans for years and years have been invested emotionally in wrestlers, in wrestling, in specific characters, in The Rock, in The Nature Boy, in, 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 if you see where I'm going with this, we knew from get-go whether The Rock was a good guy or he was a bad guy. We knew from the get-go whether Ric Flair was being a good guy or a bad guy. We knew the four horsemen were devious. And you know why? Because they made sure we knew. If you watch AEW now, I have one word, clueless. They have the perfect opportunity to establish great characters, baby faces and heels, and yet everybody saw MJF's heel turn coming from the first week. He was a heel the first week, and then he got with Cody. I mean, his first match on on AEW was a terrific match, and he was healing like nobody's business. And then he turns around the next week, and I and, and it's like your your next snap, because here he is walking out with Cody Rhodes. What the hell are they thinking of? You know, you've got you've got a lot of good wrestlers. Pick a side, pick a spot. You guys could set up some great great rivalries and and storylines between these guys, you know, but the problem is you're burying half of the crew because everybody, you don't have that emotional investment that you want, that you want as a wrestling fan that you want to have. And AEW, wake up, smell the coffee, get your writers in a room, lock the damn door, and figure out why everybody else in the business has been so successful for so many years. It's a storyline that they want, and it, it doesn't have to be very deeply developed, although I love a storyline that is stretched out for weeks and weeks and weeks. Everybody hates Lana, but the, you know what? They have taken their time on that storyline, and they have invested a lot of time in it, and people are starting to buy into it now, especially when Lana and Lashley got arrested on Monday night. But the story continues. So do us a favor, AEW. Make up your mind. Make up my mind. Because until you invest some time and characters and storylines instead of hot-shotting every week, until you do that, it's on my DVR. It's not on my live watch list, and when I get to it, I'll watch it, but I, I, it's not must-see for me. You know who's got my attention on Wednesday night when it's not Wrestle Talk? You know who's got my attention? NXT. NXT, because Thank they're you. doing it the way it needs to be done. 
and and I love the fact that Vince is leaving Hunter alone and letting him do his thing down there. They are doing so much more with character development and everything else that these guys down there are doing it the right way. Finn Balor wanted to go back because he was buried on the main roster. And you know what the main roster is now? NXT. You've got good character development. You've got good storylines. You've got the Undisputed Era, which is the Four Horsemen revisited because you got, you, you know, they can't seem to win a match on their own. But guess what? That's the same thing we saw in the 80s with the Horsemen. It, it, it's nothing new. There is no such thing as a new storyline. It's just the way you present it. So I know I, I ran it a little bit longer, but I think my point was very, very necessary. I'm done. And that's all I got to say about that. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Listen, I'm going to say this at the risk of potentially insulting Tom Simon. But who says that the old school Western style revolver doesn't shoot better than your fancy new age pistols? Tom Simon is hitting ducats right now. He's he's like Steph Curry from Three Point Land. This man is on fire, and his passion for professional wrestling continues to elevate itself and to be more intense every single time we talk to him on the WrestleTalk podcast. Tom, sir, you are like a fine wine. You continue to get better with age, and Lord willing, we will see you at the CAC in April, man. Thank you so much for being a loyal supporter of the WrestleTalk podcast. Thank you for not pulling any punches, and thank you for bringing the heat. My goodness, you, sir, are the man. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. I always enjoy myself when uh, when you ask me on here, and I I fully support the WrestleTalk podcast. You guys just seem to have a lot of fun on Wednesday nights, and it's must-listen to podcast. Everybody's got a podcast nowadays, but the quality rises to the top. The cream rises to the top. Jonesy, you guys have a great evening. I'm going to go eat some lasagna. It's dinner time in the Simon House. Hey, some lasagna. Say goodnight, Jonesy. Manja, manja. Good night, everybody. Good night, Tom. Jonesy, you know what we got to do, man. We got to take a quick break, guys. We're going to go on a break for about a minute, a minute and 15 seconds, and then we'll be back maybe, maybe with a couple of callers from the world's premier fantasy wrestling promotion, but definitely with the one and only brand new Dynamo Pro Wrestling D1 champion. Camaro Jackson. We'll see you guys in a minute. Peace.
Y'all, what up? Night Owl, Nightmare Jones. What up, Wrestle Talk fam? Do it for y'all. Check me out. Kick in the door, wave in the 4-4. Even them haters can't hate us no more. So unlock your door, cause we got some more. Every Wednesday we here, keeping it raw. Night out, Nightmare Jones and all the best guests. Like a double barrel pointed right at your chest. WrestleTalksPodcast.com. Smashing and killing it like the night at a prom. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to episode 275 of the Wrestle Talk Podcast. We got about five, maybe seven minutes before we're joined by a man that's always doing 100 miles an hour. That's right, the one and only D1 champion, the brand new D1 champion, Camaro Jackson. We already got people on hold waiting to talk to the man himself, the new, again, Dynamo Pro D1 champion, Camaro Jackson. But before we get there, we're going to spare a couple of minutes and take a little bit of a sidetrack to highlight the world premier fantasy wrestling promotion. I got a couple of callers on hold. I got a couple of people coming off some pretty big-time matches. Oh, shout-out to Louise. Shout-out to JJ. JJ, rocking that jersey you gave me, baby. I'm getting a lot of heat. I swear they think this is a Denver Broncos jersey. That's blasphemous. Tell them. Blasphemous. Brian Erlacher, Hall of Fame, orange on orange, Chicago Bears jersey. Tell them. So they act like they know J.J. My goodness, getting so much heat. Uh, anyway, guys, we're going to keep it going because we've got a couple of callers from the FWWC. More information on the FWWC over at WrestleTalkPodcast.com forward slash fantasy wrestling. That's WrestleTalkPodcast.com forward slash fantasy wrestling. Well, first and foremost, we're going to bring on an individual that always tends to make things a, a, a little awkward, a little tense, a little scary, if I might add. Ladies and gentlemen, hailing from the deepest, darkest corner of Crystal Lake, not Jason, but Mike Voorhees. Night Owl is the one, the only Voorhees. I know you're listening to me. Yes, Voorhees, we're all listening. We know you've been in a foul mood lately. Do you care to elaborate on some of your recent actions in the uh, fantasy wrestling worldwide chapter? There will be more victims in the FWWC unless certain things happen. For me, but I won't hold my machete to that unless I have to. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Voorhees in a in a terrible mood. Voorhees, I have one quick question for you. What is your objective? I mean, we're, we're, we're a fantasy wrestling promotion, okay? And we're very proud of that. We're not scared of people calling us some sort of corny E-fan. We don't give a damn, okay? The FWWC gives an opportunity for people who can't be actual wrestlers to live out their dream and be wrestlers. Everything minus the in-ring stuff. 
people with disabilities, people with financial issues, people with different situations that doesn't allow them to be the people or the competitors or the athletes that they wish that they could be. The FWWC provides that opportunity. Voorhees, I hate to tell you this because I got Camaro Jackson in the bullpen ready to throw a couple of strikes. So I'm going to ask you for your final thoughts before we let you go here tonight. What's on your mind? The Universal Champion, Brother Brown Bear, or as you call him, the Bishop, he will see me very, very soon. Okay, it looks like we lost Voorhees there. I don't know, the Cricket Wireless connection down at Crystal Lake must not be all that great. Voorhees, we hope to hear from you a little bit more later on this week during the FWC podcast. we got to speak through you guys because we got to make sure we give Camaro Jackson the respect that he rightfully deserves. we got one more caller from the FWC that's going to be joining us, and that is the women's champion, a gal that's never afraid to express her mind and to give people a little shit when they need it. La Familia's very own the women's champion, Hardcore Sis. Good evening there, Night Owl. You know, I want to address one thing from earlier. You know, y'all were talking about the Sandman. You know, the Queen of Hardcore can teach Sandman a thing or two. You know, he just needs a swift kick in the head from a hardcore woman, and that would be me. You so know, you took offense to that? Hardcore, well, you took offense to the Sandman saying that women, because if we're going to ask Camaro Jackson that, uh, he's had an opportunity to compete against some of the very best people here in the Midwest. And uh, and I know that he's trained alongside some very talented women. So uh, we're definitely going to get his thoughts on that here in just a couple of minutes. But did what Sandman say really piss you that, it, it pissed you off that much that you, you had an opportunity you might put hands on him? Because it sounds like you're very upset. Oh, yeah. Believe me, Hardcore Sis would throw him around the ring quite a bit. I mean, he's an old man. He's a drunk. He's a everything you can name. I mean, Hardcore Sis wouldn't mind stomping him a little bit. You know, women have just as much right in the ring as men. And believe me, I have taken on quite a few men here in the FWWC. As a matter of fact, your last caller there, I've taken him a few times in the FWWC, and I've beat him a time or two. So, Ain't nobody hardcore sis won't step up to. Even if I get my Love behind handed to me, I'll step up. Love to hear that hardcore sis. Well, I got one question, and I'm going to make it a quick one. You had the opportunity to team up with El Mata Aratas this past Monday against Lilith and Fallen. Can you talk to us a little bit about the controversial outcome of that matchup? Well, you know, it actually ended in a tie. I mean, a draw, you know. But, um... You know, at the end of the match, I, I thought the two ladies had left, which I kind of thought they were smart because, unfortunately for them, there was four members of La Familia at ringside. But Lilith, you know, i got to give her props. I- I'll give her props. She came back, and when Hardcore Sis turned around, she gave me quite a chop to the throat. and You know, um, kind of messed up karaoke for a little while, but that's all right. And, uh, you know, at TLC... I have a match against these two ladies, Fallen and Lilith, for my title. And I may have underestimated Lilith a little bit. She might want this title just a little more than I thought. 
but I can tell you this, she's not taking my title. It's not going to be that easy. But, Lilith, if you're listening, bring it on, girl, because I am looking forward to this match even more now, knowing that you are definitely willing to show Hardcore Sis that you want this. And I'm loving that. And, you know, Friday night, Nightmare Jones, Hardcore Haas, and Hardcore Sis are stepping in the ring against Lilith, Tank, and Daniel Grimm. And we will be having a trios match. And this is going to be a real good time. And Lilith, I'm going to be ready for you this time. So you just bring it on. Absolutely love to hear that. Well, sis, we appreciate you calling in all the way from uh, from West Virginia uh, or Virginia. I, I still can't get that straight. I'm so sorry. Listen, guys, for more information on the FWC, please visit WrestleTalkPodcast.com forward slash fantasy wrestling. Again, that's WrestleTalkPodcast.com uh, forward slash fantasy wrestling. Same place where you can get your mugs. That's the merch booth at, fantasy, uh, at uh, WrestleTalkPodcast.com. All that said, ladies and gentlemen, it is time for us to get into the second featured interview of the evening. I'm going to go ahead and bring my co-host back on. Jonesy, I know you're back. I know you're excited because we now have another opportunity to talk to one of my favorite guys in the business today, and you know I don't use that lightly. I don't call everybody my favorite. I don't call everybody one of my favorite guys. I save that for people that I have seen and had the opportunity to experience, uh, uh, you know, kind of on a first-name basis, and this gentleman has definitely grown some wings and started to fly in the professional wrestling world. Ladies and gentlemen, it is an honor and a pleasure to welcome in one of the most hardworking and genuine people in the professional wrestling business. I consider him to be a friend, but everybody must bow and pay respects to the new Dynamo Pro Wrestling D1 champion, the one and only one half of Alpha Omega. Camaro Jackson. Damn. Has it been that long? <laughs> Say, what happens since I've been gone, homie? Y'all got the game all wrong, man. It's too pretty in here. <laughs> Let's think we take it back to the trap one time. How hey. is you rolling with the rock on the block? Controlling my position at the top of every chart. Now I will not stop, stop, but we ride. What's going on, Camaro? How you doing, man? Hey, man, how's it going? How's it going, guys? Oh, man, you know. Hello? We're okay. just here, here chilling, happy to, to be able to talk to the brand-new D1 champion, baby. Hey, man, I'm glad you guys can have, have me, man. I'm right. It's been a while since we last talked, huh? <laughs> very long it time. It has. It has. Very, very so, long time. So... How does it feel to, to be the brand-new Dynamo Pro D1 champion? You just recently won it. Yeah, man. Uh, right this past Saturday, uh, Concordia Turner's, uh, I won the uh, Dynamo Pro D1 championship um, in triple threat match. Uh, probably one of the most hard-hitting triple threat matches any multi-man match I've ever had. This was one of my one of my favorite opponents, um, Ricky Cruz, uh, Midwest legend. You guys know who Ricky is, of course. And uh, Jaden Phoenix. Um, great guys, man. Great guys to wrestle with. Great guys to be in a locker room with. Awesome people. Uh, man, like, you asked the question how it felt. Like, you know, going into the the match, I was like, ah, 
it's just another day in the office, you know. I'm going to try to get this win and just go home to my babies, going to my wife and kids. And when I got out the curtain, I see my whole family's out there. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, it's real. <laughs> the stakes have grown. The stakes have gotten higher. Like, this is a must-win situation. My daughter is in the front row going crazy. My son is on top of the guardrails like, oh, my God. And my youngest is like, he's only twipped almost a year, and he still doesn't get what's going on. But he's, like, excited, too. It, it was just, like, surreal. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, this is, like, my quote-unquote to WrestleMania moment or whatever. And so <laughs> when uh, I got the, the win, I was shocked. I was shocked, and it was really emotional for me on a deep personal level. Because, uh, Renee, you know this, but my grandmother passed away earlier this year, and I kind of, like, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> hit like more of a not a not a hurdle personally well I, I kind of hit a, a hurdle personally and I would say professionally not more so my wrestling and like I wasn't like working as often it was just the fact I kind of didn't have the confidence to keep going and that's just the truth truth honest um me and my grandmother used to watch wrestling all the freaking time man she was like the person that really got me into it really um so like that win meant the world to me. Like it, 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 like I don't know. It was like a small victory, but it was big to me. My family was there, so I took that as okay. My grandmother's watching this. Like she's really here. I feel, I felt it. You know what I mean? Like it just felt good. The whole moment was good. And like when Ricky like handed me the title, sh- sh- shake my hands. Then my kids came to the ring. I'm like, oh my god, what? Where's the confetti? Like, where's the fireworks? This is it, man. Like, it was a great feeling. Like, it was just an awesome feeling. It made me feel like, okay, this is a this is a small victory for an even bigger mission I have to accomplish now. You know what I mean? Now the goal is to keep the championship. Now the goal is to make that championship matter. Now the goal is to make sure Dynamo Pro is put on notice in a good way. Like, we put the people outside of the world who don't know who Donald Pro is. Now, they're going to have an idea who they are because Camaro Jackson is their D1 champion. So, that's I me. Mean, that's what it, it, it's, it's a great feeling, man. It's really cool. Just to, I never kind of thought I would win. I mean, I'm figuring I would win championships. I mean, I won some before, but it's like, uh, you, ne- you never think about them because it's not really one of those things you think about. You just go out there and do your job, man, trying to entertain the fans. Absolutely, you can tell the excitement in 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 in, in your voice, and what a, a experience you know to have your 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 family out 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 there. And, and and I know that your trainer Derek Stone is probably insanely happy for for you right now. Can you tell us about being trained by Derek? Oh man, Derek is like. He's like the the big big brother father figure I never had in my life. He gives me the best advice ever. Just not even wrestling related, <laughs> just life in general. I talk to Derek every day, like we have like a crazy bond. Like Derek really took a chance on me. Like Derek always helps me out. He always helps me out. And I owe this man the world. I owe this old Bitter old man, the world. I like to call him bitter old man. It's giving her skin. But no, I, I, 
I, I love Derek, man. He's like one of the greatest people in the world to me, man. Like, he he really, really, really helped me get my wings. He still helps me to this day. Even with me moving back to St. Louis, you know, you guys, I was uh, in Kansas City at first. Uh, moving back home to St. Louis, we still communicate. I still ask him for advice as far as match stuff. I say, hey, who can I watch to up my game or do this differently or do that differently? I still send him my matches like, hey, Derek, what did I do that could have been better? It was good, but could have been better. You know, I, I always ask him questions. I always ask him, Derek, what kind of toothpaste should I, you know, use if I'm a so I want to get signed one day and know what kind of teeth should I have? You know what I mean? I ask him any questions <laughs> I can ask him because I feel like this man knows everything about everything when it comes to wrestling and life. So like, oh my goodness, man, Derek is the man. He's amazing. Uh, yeah, uh, Derek Seven is is one of my uh, favorite wrestlers. I don't want to take up all all of the the time because I know that Renee has a bunch of questions and stuff. So Renee, why don't you come on in there with whatever questions you have? No, no doubt, no doubt. I appreciate that, Joe. Those are some great questions, some better responses. Um, what I will say is this: uh, I have some kind of, you know, I don't know if you're on speakerphone or whatever, but we got to get you off speakerphone because we're getting an echo. We got to fix that real quick. Um, I'm gonna forfeit some of my time to a caller wants to talk with you, Camaro, and what's cool about it is that I believe he's a mutual friend. Um, you know, you spent some time here in Kansas City. You made an, an outstanding impression on on a lot of people here, whether you realize it or not. Um, so instead of being selfish and taking this time all for myself, I'm going to share it uh, with a gentleman that we all know is a very well-respected uh, professional and also a professional poet. Uh, I'm talking about our amigo, the one and only Sam. <laughs> Hell yeah. Happy Founders uh, Day, my brother. Happy Founders what's Day, up, my man? brother. Happy Founders Day, bro. <laughs> what's hey. up, man? I am so freaking proud of you. Like, like I, you know, I remember in – uh, in, in you know, 2014 when we met, the first thing you said was, I want to be a professional wrestler. And I said, when you have your first match, I'm going to be there. And when you had yep. your first match in Kansas City, I made a sign, and I was there. So, yep. so the me next too, thing was, the, and, and the first time you do a pay-per-view, whoever, who, who, whoever's promotion it is, I'm going to be there because I support you. I am so freaking proud of you. Like, like uh, I'm with the bros right now. But but I am super proud of you. You know, when when I found out that you was on today, like I literally called Renee and said, "Hey, you got to get me on because I support this guy. You know, a hundred percent. You know, you are the next big thing. Period. If people are sleeping, they will wake up very very quickly because I really believe in you. I am so proud of you, and I'm so proud of your family for uh, supporting you, man. I am. I'm. I'm just happy for you. Like super super excited to talk to you about it. Like, I'm watching, and I'm and and I've always been watching. You know, I was watching when you was you know, uh, uh on the fight app, uh, going to Colorado and working. So you know, yep. I watch you, and again, I'm proud of you. Keep that light high. Oh six to the good bros. I love you. Oh six, bro. Keep going. Keep going, <laughs> yeah, bro. I'm super happy for you. 
Thanks, bro. Miss you, man. Hey, well, like I, I said, I, I when you come to town, Camaro, I give you a Camaro, I want to give you a chance to gather your thoughts because that, that's a brother talking to you, and I know how it can be. I, I just wanted to point something out, and y'all going to be like, that's hella corny. But I want to say this. Whether y'all recognize it or not, you guys are the new version of the APA, right? Because you guys are both Alpha Phi Alpha. So that's APA as far as I can tell. Theory and Camaro Jackson, the new version of APA. The question is, is which one of y'all is going to be Bradshaw? That's what I'm trying to figure out. (laughs) Oh, my God. See, hold on. He can be Bradshaw because he got the clothesline. I just like slamming people. That's cool. Uh, yeah. Camaro, i got to get your thoughts on that, man, because obviously you're getting a lot of love from the people that watch you perform um, because of how talented you are. You obviously take care of yourself. You care about your profession. You know, you're working at WLW. You're working, uh, you know, in Kansas City occasionally. Now you're, you're just Dynamo Pro and becoming quickly one of the most popular uh, competitors over at Dynamo Pro. But, but you're getting love from the people that knew you before you hit it. What does that mean to you? You know, like, you know, sometimes, like, you know, like, when you, like, least suspect it, it's like, all right, man, I really, I really don't think people are watching or care. But, like, when something, like, really cool happens, like, they, they do care. Like, people do notice. Yeah, okay. I, I think I, I think y'all do like me a little bit. You know, it, it, I'm not going to lie. Like, it's, it's, it's really cool. It, it, really, it feels good to be appreciated, honestly. Like, and, like, I don't I don't want to say a Debbie Downer, but I do like sometimes. Ah, I'm not too keen on how people feel about it. As long as I go out there and make, as long as the fans like it, you know. But it's real. It's nice for everyone to like really show me that love, and it's like, wow, okay, this is pretty cool, man. Like, all right, I like this. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, well, you know what? I'm personally excited because. As far as I can tell, this is just the tip of the iceberg for you. So, so before I throw it back to Joe, I wanted to ask you a, a couple of questions of my own. And one of those questions is, how difficult is it for you when people identify you as a tag team wrestler? Okay, because you and Kenny are having a lot of success individually, uh, but you've also had some success together. Is it something where you find yourself to be a little torn because a lot of people will originally identify you as, hey, that's one of the guys from Alpha Omega, and now you're beginning to separate yourself a little bit as just Camaro Jackson. And, and call me old school if you will, but I think of like Capone and Noriega. Capone and Noriega were always the same. And then they split up, and they started doing their own thing. And at first, it felt a little weird. So... I know that that's maybe something along the lines of what you're going through. Have there been any challenges in trying to kind of make a name for yourself as a singles competitor? Oh, man, for sure. Um, it was a, a big reset. Um, kind of trying to figure out, okay, what's something that I can do to identify myself outside of my tag team stuff? What's something that I can do to, uh, like, even show this a glimpse of me more Start over, not start over per se, like as far as my gimmick goes or whatever, 
I kind of had to like, okay, figure out a plan. How am I going to go about this? How am I going to make people want me? Because there are a gazillion good wrestlers in the world, but there are like very few good tag teams in the world that actually get tag team wrestling. So that's true. Kind of like when you um kind of like I guess separate those two entities, entities or whatever the world I'm trying to say, uh, you kind of you create a problem, but a good problem. Now you have to prove how good you are, but by yourself. And it was hard at first. I kind of had to like figure out, okay, what do I? What's me? What's Camaro? What 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 can I? What can I do to make me Camaro? And it it was it was simple in a way. I kind of figured it out. Um, I changed my look. Um, I started out wearing kick pads with the shooters and knee pads. I completely ditched that. I'm knee padless with the boots, and I have custom made Star Wars trunks. So that's that. Yeah, I'm, boy. <laughs> like I'm a big boy, so I'm gonna show off my big boy stuff. You know what I mean? I'm not gonna hide. Yes, sir. I'm gonna show my power and my speed and my strength all at once, cause I'm, I'm I am who I am. I'm the best. I'm black, educated, successful, and talented. Like that's me. That's I'm living the gig with that that Camaro. So it was more so like I was looking for another gimmick, but I already had it. I already had it, and it took it you took someone. Yep. Yep. It took it took someone telling me what you said. It took um. I, I asked uh, Sadie uh, Makazi from Dynamo. I asked him, like, hey, man, you know, you do the Makazi. You're Makazi. You have the mask. I'm thinking about doing something, you know, Star Wars, blah, blah, blah. He's like, man, you can do that. You know, I don't that stuff, but you're Tamara Jackson. You're the best. You're black, educated, special, talented. That's your gimmick. That's who you are. I'm like, oh, my God, I already have it. Now it's just, I'm going to add another layer to it, you know? I am the best, but what about me? Who am I? Like, am I, like, the best scholar, the best wrestler? I'm being very generic with the words I'm taking, but I'm in that, that's the ballpark I'm, you know, working on right now. But I'm thinking, I feel like I found it. Ever since I've changed my look a little bit, I have more confidence in myself in the ring because I feel like I have stuff that fits, you know, I'm throwing a little shade to my old gear person. I have stuff that fits. Um, well, well, I have let me stop about. you right there. Let me let me stop you right there and ask you this question. All right, and uh, apparently we're still getting some feedback. So uh, if we got speaker phones going. Let's go ahead and cut those off, gang, uh, so that we can get clear audio. But uh, Camaro, so I wanted to ask you this: uh, you had that situation with getting your gear kind of mishandled. Okay, and you don't have to rehash the whole thing, but I know you were very upset about it, and I was personally proud of you because a lot of people are afraid to kind of boast their opinion at the risk of other people kind of going, oh, you're just crying, you're bitching, you're complaining, but I think that you helped shed the light on something that is a common occurrence in in our industry, which is independent wrestling, and Herb Simmons tells me to stop saying independent wrestling, Herb, I promise you I'm working on it because all wrestling is wrestling, okay, but he says... No need to call it independent, just call it wrestling. The bottom line is this. At the level that we're at, uh, uh, Camaro, you run into a lot of shady people who yep. claim to have a, a good reputation, but yep. then they let you down. 
And so Absolutely. I think you went through quite a struggle, and your appearance is half the battle. People have to like how you look, and then they have to like how you sound, and then they have to like how you wrestle. So let's just say it's a third of the battle, right? So if you yep. have your gear yep. right, that, lower, that drops your confidence, right, not only on the microphone, but also <clears throat> in the ring. So it can be a really, really hurtful situation when people don't come through on the commitments that they make. I know you've experienced that in a couple of times, a couple of times during your career. What do you do to bounce back from that? Because clearly, even though you went through that situation, you bounced back and became the D1 champion for Donald Pro, one of the most respected promotions in the Midwest. So what is that motivating factor? And maybe can you shed some light a little bit on what happened with that particular situation? So it, it became a situation that I can't depend on everyone. I kind of have to just do my own thing and move on. Um, man, I tell you, I waited seven months for some cool gear that didn't turn out cool, and I got a bad excuse about why it wasn't made in the time it was supposed to be made. But luckily, I'm going to shout my boy out because he helped me out. Uh, Matt Kenway helped me out finding this gear guy who's located in St. Louis. His name is Lou Bird. Um, he's a costume designer. He works at Steena for school. He's really, really good. He's really good at what he does, and he's very affordable, and he works with wrestlers, especially if they're locals, because this guy, he me like I've never been to before. First of all, let me say, when I first came in, he did my fitness and stuff, but he does like this thing where He'll make trial periods for you. He'll make trial trucks for you to make sure they fit. So he doesn't make the trucks, then give them to you. He makes sure make a fake pair to fit to make sure everything fits in the proper place. And he'll just he'll measure them out and make sure, okay, well, is this right here? Is it too much here or too little there? Okay, I'm going to add this here. Then he'll come back and make some more. And he'll scoop off the a little right. Then he'll do some measurements. Then he'll give you those pairs. For free because he doesn't need them. He'll give you those pair for free. There's a plain song where he gives it to you. Yeah. Then he'll make your your pair, the pair that you're going to wear, and they fit freaking perfectly. Like, when I have my old stuff, you can see my draw line, like the, my underwear line all the time. You, you can't even tell I have any on now. And this one has like a nice draw fit, trained. It's more thick. The fabric is thick. It's, it's, it's incredible. Like, and as soon as he made my own pair, I messaged him the next day, asked for a red pair. And now he's and now I'm in the rest of designing some more stuff, just some more stores and stuff. But this guy's got to go to any wrestlers listening to this. And if you're in the Missouri, wherever area you are, all over, his name is Lou Bird. You can find him on Instagram. He's a real good guy, and he works due diligently to make sure that you get the best gear. And like he does. Pretty much everything, like I said, he's a costume designer. So the guy gets it. He gets your vision. He'll work with you. Like walked in, he had like Star Wars stuff, Avengers stuff, Star Trek, whatever. Like he's a nerd. He's a cool dude. He gets it. So <laughs> like it was. I thought that just because I'm like, all right, I need to find somebody to win it. And I got lucky because I had I knew somebody that knew somebody. So you know what I mean. I use my resources. Well, that sounds beautiful. And listen, before I throw it back over to Joe, I had one last question. I know that uh, a couple of months ago, um, I got to see you perform 
on maybe the biggest stage that you've ever performed on, with all due respect to everybody else, uh, mm-hmm. Night of Champions. Night of Champions, WLW. Uh, you, you, you have the opportunity to rub elbows with Leland Race, Harley Race, um, Ryback, Adam Cole, and the NWA heavyweight champion, the national treasure, Nick Aldis. Could you maybe just give us one story, Camaro, of where you found yourself kind of like in this twilight zone. You're like, holy, you know what? <laughs> holy <Yeah>. shit. <laughs> I'm in the locker room with these guys. Was that the <laughs> night, or have you had an experience where you're just looking around and you're like, I cannot believe I'm in this locker room not right now. Or maybe like a road trip or something along those lines that you might be able to share with the fans. Oh, man. Night of Champions is going towards the top. Just being around Harley, uh, Billy Corgan, uh, Dave Marquez, uh, Nick Aldis, Leland, you know, and, and like, Adam Cole right back. I'm like, oh, wow. I, I, wow. For my parents now. Like, I can't, I, I can't look at it from a fast society business, but like, I'm like, oh, my God. It's surreal. And, you know what's even crazier? Um, like I've when I always I I always feel like that it, almost every like bigger promotion that I work for a same bigger promotion or whatever so with all respect given like for example like Glory Pro is one of those places. The first time I ever like Oh shout out hey, shout out Pro. to Dan. Hey, shout out Hell to yeah. Dan, shout out to Kevin. Uh people low key don't know those are two of the coolest guys. In professional yep. wrestling today, and Mike too. Mike, Mike supported that clip, so shout out to Mike, shout out uh, to to Kevin, and shout out to Dan. Those are some great guys over there. Absolutely, man. Like, let's see, my first show that I did the Twitter was a three show, but I was on the same like show. I speak tomato. Well, I was just ATH. I was at ATH. that show, bro. You remember the picture? We took that picture yeah, together. Man. I know you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, man. Yeah. I
these two guys, you and your partner at the time, Kenny, uh, they don't stand out in, in a bad way. Like, you guys seem like you belong to be there. And from that moment forward, I was like, it's just a matter of time. Somebody's just got to give these guys an opportunity. They got to know how to talk. They got to know, they got to be willing to travel. They got to be willing to kind of do, you know, the dirty work for a little while. But th- there's no doubt, there was no doubt in my mind from that point forward, even though that was like two years ago, uh, that you and Kenny were going to be successful. And now it's all coming to, it, it's all coming to fruition. And I'm going to just go ahead and, and echo theory uh, and what he said, that we're all extremely proud of you. Uh, we hope that no matter how far you go in the business, man, that you never forget about the people who uh, have believed in you from the very beginning. No matter how big or small the promotion is, just know that the fans love you just the same, man. And, and we just hope more than anything else for you and your family that you guys stay healthy and that you continue to push, push towards all your goals. Because if you're willing to do that, you're willing to do the work, you got the people behind you to support you. Uh, really, truly, the sky is the limit, man. So, more than anything else, congratulations on all the recent success. And uh, we hope that it just continues, man. I feel like it's just the tip of the iceberg. Hell yeah, man. Hell yeah, it is. You know, uh, I'm, actually, I'm actually thinking about something now. Uh, after I won the title, I've been having some crap ideas. You know, have something. And, you know, some more gold. And I've noticed um, that it's a, it's a certain championship in Missouri that's been vacant for a while. So I'm on uh, Yes, sir. <laughs> we'll, see. we'll see how that goes. Well, listen, I'm going to throw this out there, and then we're going to move into the uh, Russell Talk Podcast Game Show Challenge so we can uh, go ahead and uh, close out the segment. Uh, Jim okay. and Crystal, I know you guys listen to the show. My suggestion, and all it is is a suggestion, is I think Camaro should defend the first time against Outcast, and then the second time against Mike Outlaw, and then the third time against the only Triple Crown champion in Dynamo Pro Wrestling history, Ricky Cruz. I think that would be a great way of paying homage and respect to the past and the history of Dynamo Pro Wrestling but also giving you, Camaro, an opportunity to face the very best that have ever stepped inside the squared circle of Dynamo Pro Wrestling. I'm a big fan of Dynamo. I think that would be fantastic. My question is, would you be game for a gauntlet against Outcast, Mike Outlaw, and yep, then finally yep, one-on-one with Ricky yep, Bruce? Yep, absolutely. Let's make it happen. Let's make it I knew it. <laughs> I know Jimmy and Crystal listen to the show. Hopefully you guys like that recommendation. All that said, Josie, I'm going to throw it back to you, man, uh, with any final questions before we get into the Wrestle Talk Podcast Game Show Challenge. I do. I just have one final question before we get in, into the uh, Wrestle Talk Podcast Game Show Challenge. Uh, you know, uh, Saturday, you, you, you got to go up against a guy by the name of Ricky Cruz, and do you feel that 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 Ricky Cruz is the one match that would that everybody would want to see. Camaro Jackson against Ricky Cruz. I think so, man. I, Ricky is a hard hitting guy, and I want to prove myself just the better hard hitting guy. Like I respect the hell out of Ricky, but uh, man, it's time to long gone. It's about Camaro 
Jackson, hey, listen, Camaro, I'm about to blow your mind right now. There's something that I'm about to share with you that you probably do not know, and a lot of the fans in the Midwest are going to be like, damn night out, why you always got to say shit like that? Why you always got to bring up old stuff? Did you know that Ricky Cruz actually has a winning record against a man that has successfully defended the Gateway Heritage Championship probably over 15 times at this point. Ricky Cruz in his career actually has a winning record over Jeremy White. Did you know that? Oh, Oh, wow. I never knew that. Oh, see? (laughs) People mad at me. Oh, wow. You sure you want to talk about Jeremy White? He might, he might get after you on Twitter. Man, Jerry White can bring the heat. I don't give a damn. Jeremy White knows where I stand. He knows who the Night Owl is. The Night Owl don't play, and I'm going to bring the facts. And, hey, listen, don't take my word for it. Ask Ricky Cruz. He'll tell you he's got a winning record over Jeremy White. So if we got to see Ricky Cruz versus Camaro Jackson, there's a good chance that you might be facing one of the best ever in the Midwest. Not only in Puerto Rico, not only in Mexico, but in the Midwest. Listen, all I'm saying is this. I want to see the very best matches possible in Camaro Jackson versus Ricky Cruz. Or, shoot, maybe even Jeremy Wyatt. Matt Jackson, I know you watch the show too, bro. You know what to do. Get the job done. Put this man in the ring against the very best. Maybe it's a little early. Maybe he's getting the Canelo versus Mayweather treatment a little too soon or whatever it is. But this kid's got (laughs) everything you're looking for. Give Camaro Jackson the opportunity, and I guarantee you, the man will not let you down. That's how I roll, Camaro. I don't play. You know how the night owl gets down. The question is, yes, are you ready for tonight's edition of the Wrestle Talk Podcast Game Show Challenge? Let's get it cracking, bro. Let's get it cracking, baby. KC versus HTL. STL, let's do it, baby. Hit the music. Let's go. Gentlemen, welcome to this week's installment of the world famous Wrestle Talk Podcast Game Show Challenge. Tonight's contest is scheduled for the best out of two out of three falls, with our contestants being the Night Owl Renee Martinez and the new Dynamo Pro Wrestling D1 Champion, Camaro Jackson. In a few moments, I'm going to ask you three questions about a wrestling topic. Whenever you think you know the answer, just shout out your answer. The first person to win two falls will win tonight's game show challenge. Tonight's category is simply titled the Intercontinental Championship. I will give you background information on three wrestlers who have all won the IC title. When you think you know what I'm talking about, just shout out your answer. The first person to win two falls will win tonight's contest. For example, if I were to say... This current WWE competitor has had eight intercontinental reigns. Two of his reigns, however, were only... No, not Dolph Ziggler. Two of his reigns, however, were each for one day. He's also the host of the most must-see WWE talk show in The Miz is correct. Camaro Jackson would have gotten that point. So you you can understand the 
you gentlemen understand the, the, the Don't rules? Get excited. Uh, are you Don't all get ready? Excited, champ. That was just a sample. That was a sample question, champ. All right, all right. My bad players. Yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> hey, hey, you gotta relax. <laughs> Let, let's go, baby. All right, question number one. Ricky the Dragon Steamboat defeated the Macho Man, Randy Savage, for the IC title in a match that some people say stole the uh, show. But on June 2nd, yeah, it was WrestleMania 3, but on June 2nd, this man defeated Steamboat to win the WWF IC Championship and hold it for a record 454 days. Ultimate Warrior. Okay. Not the Ultimate Warrior. The Ultimate Warrior defeated this person for the IC title. Honky Tonk Man is correct. Kamara Jackson oh, shit. has gotten <laughs> the first point. All Damn, right. that's messed up, bro. I had it. I had it right here, right on the tip of my tongue. My goodness, how question? Man, I had it right here, man. Right here. Fucking bullshit! Speaking of the right. Honky Tonk Man, speaking of Honky Man, this late WWE Hall of Famer held the, the IC Championship on two occasions, defeating the Honky Tonk Man at Wrestle at the SummerSlam by defeating and by defeating Ravishing Rick Rude at SummerSlam 89. His second reign ended when he defeated Hulk Hogan. For the WWF Championship. No, no, that's me. Ultimate Warrior is correct. So we have a tie game. The Night Out has won. Somebody else has won. Got him! Got him! Comes down to this. This All right, let's go, baby. Former, this former WWE competitor holds the record. With nine intercontinental championships. I heard uh, the the uh we are, we are going to go to the uh, uh chase and 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 so just give us give give us one second if you can have some some music as we go to to the tapes real oh, quick. Shit, we gotta go. We gotta look at the replay right now. Ladies and gentlemen, it, it is official. With coming in with just a just a a hair quicker, tonight's winner of the Russia Talk Podcast Game Show Challenge is Kamara Jackson. Congratulations, sir!
Romero. Speech, 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 speech. I want to thank my mama, my auntie, my cousin, <laughs> my big dog under the tree. I love you, baby. <laughs> I love that. Well, listen, Camaro, before we let you go, man, uh, we want to thank you for being a loyal member of the Wrestle Talk family. Uh, you know, uh, we've had some interaction together, man. I've always had a lot of respect for you, uh, and, and I think you're the representation of everything that's right in professional wrestling. You're hardworking. You're a family man. You pay respect to your elders, man, and, and, and you don't forget where you came from. So thank you very, very much for that. Also, before we go, I wanted to ask everybody to just very quickly remove their caps uh, as we send out just, just very quick prayers here uh, to Marcus uh, Mayhem, who is uh, his wife is pregnant, having a new baby girl very soon. Uh, shout out to Big Tita Paisan from Columbus Park, whose son is on his way to the hospital. And then we also want to petition the Lord uh, to please guard and care for the soul of Camaro Jackson's grandmother that was lost earlier in 2019. So, God, please do what you do. Uh, remain sovereign as always. Thank you for the blessings. Thank you for this wonderful interview. And more than anything else, we pray that Camaro Jackson will continue to stay healthy and continue to put out bangers, APA style, in the world of professional wrestling. Man, we're super proud of you, brother. Thank you so much for being here. And just know you always have a home right here on the Wrestle Talk Podcast with Joe and Renee. Round of applause, round of applause. And any final thoughts, Camaro, before we let you go? Hey, man, I love you guys. I appreciate you guys having me every time. I'll be looking forward to talking to you guys soon when I figure out who the person is so I can be, get the MWR bill on vacant. They just call me as champion. We're going to talk again. <laughs> Oh, yeah, we got a lot to talk about, Bobby, because you know what? From what I hear, there's a big show going on at the end of December, and they may be looking for somebody to go in the main. I don't know. We'll talk about that later. That's going to be off the air. Nightmare Joe, say goodnight to Camaro Jackson. Camaro, don't hang up, because there's a little freestyle that I want you to hear before we close out tonight's evening. Josie, say goodnight, and let's go ahead and finish off episode 275 of the Russell Talk Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen. This has been the Rest of Talk Podcast, episode 275. Until next week, peace. Y'all, what up? Night Owl, Nightmare Jones. What up, Rest of Talk fam? Do it for y'all. Check me out. Kick in the door, wave in the 4-4. Even them haters can't hate us no more. So unlock your door, because we got some more. Every Wednesday we here, keeping it raw. Night out, nightmare jokes, and all the best guests. Like a double barrel pointed right at your chest. WrestleTalkPodcast.com. Smashing and killing it like the night of the prom. There it is, baby. Alpha Omega, Camaro Jackson. KC, St. Louis, doing big things together. We'll be back next week for episode 276. Make sure you follow Heel Camaro on social media, a.k.a. Camaro Jackson on Facebook. We love you. We thank you. Grace and peace to everybody. WrestleTalkPodcast.com 24-7. Peace. Peace.